Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This week I am joined by my good friend, Jazz Jervis. I've invited Jazz to come in and talk with me about identity and the pursuit of individual passions in motherhood outside of our mothering. In particular, the challenges that can occur when we become mothers and find our identity shifting. Jazz has a really interesting and I think really valuable perspective to offer on this subject given her own lived experience. I'm going to invite her to share more about her journey, but as a little overview, Jazz is a corporate lawyer turned seven-figure business coach. She's a top podcast host, an Ironwoman athlete, an ex-competitive basketballer, and she essentially lives to support females to create their dream businesses and lives. Jazz is all about playing a big game, taking up space and not being confined by the boxes that society can put us in. Ultimately, she helps women to live lives that they not only desire, but wholeheartedly deserve. What a job. Welcome, Jazz. Oh, I love listening to that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great. I was so thrilled when I invited you to to pop on and have this conversation with me that you were open to doing that. So to have you sitting here, you know, across the country, but across my screen too, mm-hmm. is um is a real real thrill. So thank you. Oh, so I guess pleasure. that's your little your little short bio, but maybe you can tell us for for anyone that perhaps isn't already um, familiar with you or your work, tell us a bit about how this this journey's unfolded for you, particularly yes. since the birth of your little little girl. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and and to be having this this conversation with you. So yes, as as you mentioned, I I I was a corporate lawyer. I have always been a, a really ambitious person, uh, and so when I um, when I started my legal career, I had every intention of being a partner in in a in a top tier law firm that was my goal that was my aim uh and i was pretty steadfast about that you know i'm a hard worker i played competitive basketball growing up and uh kind of um didn't throw that away but just decided that what was going to support us long term was was not necessarily a basketball career also being female we don't get paid like the men do. Uh, and so I knew mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I needed to focus on school uh, and I needed to focus on, you know, I really wanted to get into a really good law school. So I yeah, studied really hard, was really committed to that, got into a great law school, uh, obviously completed my law degree and started at a couple of top tier firms throughout, you know, kind of my graduate 
time, graduate year, did lots of kind of placements and things like that, and then ended up in in a, in a top firm. And and I loved it. I loved being a lawyer. And then I had my my daughter. And our plan was to have children young. Uh, so I was, I think I was 24. I just turned, I just turned 25 when I had Clementine, my daughter. And my husband at the time was uh, still playing professional basketball. So he was an athlete. So he traveled quite a lot too. So we kind of had, we both had quite hectic careers happening at the time. And I just moved mm. to Brisbane. I was 34 weeks pregnant when I moved to Brisbane. Uh, and so we didn't have any family there. No. So it was all kind yeah. of happening. And I I was committed to making it work, right? I was like, our intention was to have children young so that when my husband retired, he would take over the primary caregiver role. So that was our plan. That's why we decided to, 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 to have her young, right? And I quickly learned, I went back to work when she was seven months old, it was unexpected, but I got a really great opportunity to go and work in-house at uh, one of the big four banks, which is a really great Mm -hmm. opportunity when you're a solicitor. And so I took that opportunity, just so happened that it was Tom, my husband's off season. So we thought, let's just go with it. It'll give us a good test for how things are going to roll when you go back to work. And pretty quickly, I learned that this was going to be so much more challenging than I ever anticipated. And I'm someone that's not afraid of hard work. I am very dedicated, Mm. very committed. But even I just had this like epiphany that I was just not committed to, I was not prepared. I was committed, but I wasn't prepared to make the sacrifices that are expected of a woman and especially of uh, mothers uh, to Mm -hmm. get to partnership, you know? And, Mm -hmm. And to be honest, the and you know this is a, this is a, a generalization and only based on my personal experience. So for those that are listening that potentially are in that industry or in a corporate industry and have a different experience, you know, just know that everything that I share is an option. You know, it's just something that is unique to me and and everyone has their own experience. Uh, but there wasn't a great there, there weren't many role models. You know, there was there was barely mm. any women in partnership. Uh, you know, my first. Uh, job at, at that top firm there was one female partner in the whole firm one mm. you know and mm. she didn't have any children so okay kind of get to the point where you're like I, you know there's there was no one even to really sort of like you know model what that looked like and then the the women that had children were often stuck at this you know there's kind of this thing in 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 the legal industry it's like senior associate special counsel and it's kind of like the step before partnership and there were quite a lot okay. of women at that point that had chosen to have children that you could quite mm-hmm. clearly tell from their attitude were not impressed about being in that position right they'd gone and had children and clearly yep. at some point in their career had been roadblocked you know be, be, because yep. of that and and maybe not entirely to do with that, but that was a big part of it, right? And so there was just, there was no one that I felt like I could speak to or was an an Mm. example of where it was possible. Uh, And I'm someone Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, that's cool. I'll make it possible. I'll be the one. I'm, you know, I'm I'm really open to doing things like that. But I just, I was like, no, I'm not prepared to make the sacrifices that are necessary for me to get to partnership. And so I immediately started looking at different income streams and within yes. two years, I'd left my career and and was just working in my business full time, uh, and it was the best yeah. thing that I've that I've ever done. Yes, yes, okay, I love that, and we are going to talk about that step and and what made you decide mm-hmm. to go in that direction. But I just want to step back and and say you sharing that and knowing how 
hardworking and ambitious and driven you are, even for other mothers and new mothers that are in career paths or following um, directions that perhaps even aren't as demanding as what a corporate law career would be, Mm -hmm. I still think there's something so freeing about you saying, you know what, even though I was all in on this, I was so committed, so driven, I came from this really hardworking background, but it was not sustainable. And I think there's something really honest and, Mm -hmm. you know, liberating about that almost because I know so many mums that I speak to say, why can't I be doing all of this? You know, what what's going Mm -hmm. on here? Something I'm trying so hard, I'm spinning my wheels, but you know, and the reality is particularly with young children, I think sometimes it's about saying, you know what, it's actually just not physically possible. We have the same amount of hours in the day. So I really love that you shared that. And I imagine you were working quite a lot of hours, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and you just, I just wasn't ever clocking off, you know, like I'd leave for work. And again, like I'd leave at 5 p.m., which is the time that I'm technically contracted to work t- until. And the partner that I worked for would be like looking at his watch, being like, oh, like you're leaving, <laughs> le- leaving. I'm like, you want to pay for Early the, the, today, the <laughs> Do you want to pay for the, 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 the childcare fees past 6 p.m. that are like $10 yes. one second? You know, like yeah, I was going to say, clocked by the minute. <laughs> yeah, so like, yes, so of course, yes. you know, and then I'd get home and I'd put, especially if Tom was away traveling, I'd get home, I'd get her organized, I'd do dinner, I'd do the bath, I'd put her into bed. And then what would I do? Log back in and work. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was yeah. like, you know, I'm what what for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you had this inkling, you had this this feeling that it wasn't despite your, you know, your, the long-term plan that you'd had with Tom and whatnot, you knew this wasn't for you. It wasn't what you wanted to be doing um and it wasn't fitting in with the other priorities that you had being Clem and your family. Um so talk to me, what was how was the shift and how did you manage to navigate this this transition into where you are now? Mm, yeah, good question. So for me, I started with, uh, you know, and I think just to, to, to rewind for a moment there and what you were sharing about that liberation and just deciding, you know, I am committed and I do want to, to live an extraordinary life, uh, but on my terms. You know, I think mm. what I first, you know, what first happened in in, you know, when I had this kind of epiphany was to not make that wrong and to not make that mean anything because it would have been very easy for me to say, I've just spent $80,000 learning uh, and qualifying myself to be to be a lawyer, you know, not to mention everything else that, you know, books and all the other things that I've spent and, you know, and then the, you know, the, the other thing around, you know, all the time that I, that I, you know, was spending doing that and not seeing friends and not seeing family, you know, all of that. And I could have very easily yeah. been like, oh, well, I've got to stay here because I've spent all this money. Yes. I've got a hex debt. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got to pay that back. I've, I've committed. I've, this was my plan, you know, and like, what are you doing? And I did have those moments. Mm. Absolutely. But I think the first step was really deciding that I'm not going to make this mean anything. At the end of the day, I still have this career. You know, no, nobody can take that away from me. I have this qualification. I have this degree. I am, I've been admitted to the Supreme Court. I am a solicitor and I can always go back to that. I can try on something different for a bit and I can always go back to that. And that was something that really held space for me, um, you know, in a really empowering way throughout that process because it would have been very easy for me to say, no, well, you've spent all this money, Jazz, stick to it you know, um, which is what we're taught, what we're conditioned to, to kind of do. Right. So, uh, that I think is the first kind of mindset piece that I wanted to share. Um, and then I really just started with the things that I loved, you know, I'm, I'm really into, 
uh, fashion and, you know, self-expression. And so I started exploring whether I could open up my own fashion store, quickly realized that that was a really big upfront cost, uh, would also mean that I wouldn't be able to build it up on the side while still working because I would need to be in the store. So then I looked into having, you know, online clothing label, um, you know, and, and started exploring that. At the same time, I started using uh, using doTERRA essential oils. And then one day my husband was like, literally all you do is research about doTERRA and like oils to use. So like, why don't you just do that? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I started doing that <laughs> and then realized that I really loved the mentoring side of building, building a business. And so, and so moved into that. Um, but really, I guess to, to really simplify it, it was like, I just started with what I loved. I started with the things that I was mm. good at. I started with the things that felt easy, that I was passionate about. And I just, set the intention to be really open and receptive to different opportunities. Um, I didn't have a plan. I was just like, you know what, this is what I'm interested in. Let's just explore this. Let's just see how we go. And, and I just followed those breadcrumbs until it led to the beautiful, juicy sourdough bread. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. So thinking about this um, and that big, fat, gorgeous permission slip you gave yourself to not keep doing what you were doing despite the feeling that something wasn't working, okay? I feel like so often, particularly in those years of new motherhood, um, women often feel a really massive shift in their identity as they become a mother. Um, perhaps like you, if you had this this existing career or this existing identity that might be tied to if you're a sports person or, um, you know, whatever it is that you're tied to, when we become a mother, that is such a phenomenal shift in our identity. We can't help but, you know, have to to work our way through that till we come to sit at a place where we can sit comfortably. What I often hear, Jazz, is sometimes, and even if that's a welcomed introduction, so often new mothers really struggle with this idea that they are still an individual as well. They kind of feel like their identity is really subsumed by this motherhood role. So I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on that. You know, can you offer maybe, did did you feel that um, even in those early years um, and how do we, how can we navigate and maybe work to give ourselves this permission that like you did to still go all in on ourselves and our permission, our, um, passions or interests as well. Mm, beautiful question. And I think, um, you know, being someone that has always been quite ambitious and also, you know, I worked up until I was probably 37 or 38 weeks, you know, to then go from doing that to then waiting for a baby to arrive, you know, and just Mm -hmm. feeling frustrated about that, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, into motherhood, which is a whole different kind of busy, I guess, totally lost myself. I totally was just like, is this, is this what my life is now? You know? And, and I really, I really struggled. I was obviously in a new city as well. So I didn't have I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anyone. Uh, I would walk um, around the shopping center every day. I'd go to the shopping center. Um, Actually, you know, one of the things that we did have was obviously basketball. And I, Clementine, went to her first basketball game at nine days old. You know, so oh. I I went and did that, and I uh, had a little head, little headphones in, and and um, you know, would I have done that again? Probably not. Uh, but I, I felt like I needed to. I felt like I needed to yes. like, get out and be with people, and so I was really grateful that uh, she was born uh, in August, which is like preseason. So the season had started in October, so everything was kind of already happening. So that was a little bit of an outlet, and then during the day when Tom was at training, I'd go to the shopping center. 
and I'd just walk around mm. the shops. I wouldn't buy anything. I would just browse and I'd have her in the pram and I'd go into the parents' room and I'd feed her and I'd put her back in the pram and I'd just walk around. And uh, now it's great because she would basically sleep anywhere because she's so used to noise. Uh, but, um, yeah. but, you know, I, 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 I just felt so lost. I just didn't know. I didn't know yeah. what to do with myself a little bit. I really, really struggled. And the, you know, the biggest thing that helped me is is just having a really open dialogue with Tom, my husband. Uh, and I'm really grateful to have uh, a really beautiful marriage and and a really kind, loving husband. Um, mm. And it was really challenging to kind of open up to him at that time. But I just said to him straight up, I'm really not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And I don't feel like me. And, you know, I just want to let you know that that's, you know, I don't need you to fix anything or, you know, it's more just to let you know. And that was a really liberating thing for me to even just say, I'm not having a great time and I'm not enjoying mm. this. And I feel guilty for saying that. And I feel, I, I don't know whether it's normal or not normal. I just, I don't know. I don't know anything, but this is how I'm feeling, you know? And, um, and from then we yeah. just kind of work together yes. and, and, um, you know, we even just little things like we started doing um, more sort of bottle fees and getting her used to that. Um, so I'd express and we'd do that so that I could go out, even if it was just for an hour or two and I was by myself and I could think and, you know, so it was really about what do you need jazz? You know, like, that's what he said. What do you need? Like, what, like, what can I do to support you? And we just started finding these little things that supported me. Um, and then exploring, you know, these business opportunities was great because I was like, you know, one thing that I, I'm a huge advocate for is activating our de desires, right? I think that as a society, we, we consider our desires and what we want like as a to-do list, it's like, this is my list of wants. And like, these are the things I'm going to achieve over my life. And we determine our list of desires based on what is probable or improbable, right? So it only gets put on the list if we think it's probable, right? But that's yes. not the point of desires, right? Desires, you know, are, are messages about what would make us feel most activated in our lifetime, right? Now I have a desire to like be a pro surfer. Am I actually going to go and be a pro surfer? No, but every time I think about it and I like watch video, YouTube videos of like people surfing the like giant waves and stuff, my life force energy gets activated because I'm excited Ooh. about that. I like it. Ooh. I like watching it. I think that it's so cool. Like I just think they're so talented. Am I going to go out there in shark infested water and hang out there all day? <laughs> Absolutely not. But it's not the point, right? It's not the point. Mm -hmm. It's something that makes me feel alive. And so the more that we can actually like, you could ask most women, you would ask, what are your desires and what do you want? And they would have no clue how to answer it. Yeah. There'd be just nothing there. Right. And it's like, this is what it's about. It's about writing your list of like your crazy, wild, anything that you want desire. Who cares if it's totally improbable and never going to happen? Not the point. And writing it down and spending time with it, creating a Pinterest board, creating a Google document with all the links of the places you're going to go, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But like letting your life force energy feel activated has been the single most best thing that I've ever committed to as a mother. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mmm. That's so... Yeah, I'm just pondering that. Um, I should mention, I didn't say from the outset that Jazz and I, we first connected when I was actually one of Jazz's clients. We went through a coaching, an individual, like one-to-one coaching container together. And I remember this, you've just, this conversation has just triggered me back to when um, we were having discussions around this too. And I certainly was one of those very practical, very sensible humans that was, um, that was not tapping into, you know, wild desires or, um, you know, blue sky thinking when it came to my desires. I was, I was super practical about the goals and the things I wanted to achieve. And um, there was something very um, energizing and about this, about this practice as well. And I think for any mother or, or any woman that is listening to this, that through whatever situation they find themselves in, I'm talking specifically today about becoming a motherhood and and the demands that that brings. Um, But if you find yourself in a situation where you're not a parent, but life in general has sort of, you know, tapped you out from connecting to these types of things, I think this is such a great place to start. And often, Jazz, people say to me, I'm not even sure what I want to do, (laughs) where I want to start. I just know that there's something more for me. So is this a good place to start if you really don't even know what it is that you desire? Absolutely. Like it's, you know, and, and again, it's not about things being a to-do list or things being probable or improbable. It's just, when was the last time that you let yourself, you know, just do something because you want to do it? You know, Mm. um, like I was, I was reading a blog from someone, um, a couple of weeks ago around like eating and, and eating, you know, like there's so many of us that are, you know, gluten-free or, you know, like celiac or dairy intolerant and things like that. I've, I have a, predominantly gluten-free diet. But one of the things that she was sharing about is that often children, even, you know, children that are, that are, um, you know, potentially not, 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 not intolerant to anything can eat literally anything and they're fine. Mm. Right. Like they're Mm. there. And we know this, right. Because we're the ones that are wiping bums, right. Like we're (laughs) the ones that, you know, we always know what's going on. Right. And, and they're, they're, they're not affected like we are. And it's because they don't know what's in it. They're not mm. thinking about the calories that are in there. They're eating joyfully. They're eating mm. because it's delicious. They don't, they're not looking at how many calories are in there, whether there's gluten in there, whether there's all these other things that are in there, right? And so this blog was how like it's not so much about the food that you eat. And this is something I'm still pondering. I'm not sure how, kind of how I feel about this, but I just thought that this was, you know, kind of kind of connected here is it's not so much about what you're eating, it's how you're eating it. You know, if you're sitting there eating something that's gluten-free and really hating it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's quote unquote good for you or what you're meant to have. Like it's probably still going to affect you in a negative way because you're eating on the go and like worried about what you're eating or, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I think this is a similar kind of thing, right? It's like, it doesn't, it's not about logic. It's not about this is probable or this is improbable or can I achieve this or not? It's like bypassing the logical mind for a moment and just letting your heart space and letting your desire and your whole body somatically feel something, mm. you know, and feel activated. And so I've got like a billion different Pinterest boards and like, you know, I've got a Google document that's like all the different hotels that I want to stay at when I do a round the world trip. Now I'm someone that has like quite a bit of health anxiety, 
you know, like our, we're a very health conscious family. You know, we, we do things like, you know, our, our home is, um, you know, we've got water filters on everything and, and gratefully we've been in a position to be able to do that. And so, you know, when I look at something like that desire to travel around the world and be nomadic, there's also this side to me that's like, that's so impractical. That would never work, Jazz. You know, How am I going to pack that water filter? <laughs> yes, exactly, but it's like, it's not the point. It's like mm. whether I do that or not is completely besides the point. It's like I feel so excited and activated when mm. I do things like this and I really sit with my desires and the things that that bring me joy, whether it's, you know, what I should or shouldn't do or what someone else thinks or, or what I even think and what my logic mm. is telling me. It's It's, you know, apples and oranges they're, they're different things mm, I understand what you're saying and I love this as a strategy for for anyone um, mm. that is in a stage where they're trying to figure out what it is they're passionate about to open up avenues in their life permission avenues um, to explore those things I think this is a really really practical first step because when we notice what it is that activates us to use use your um, terminology there mm. um, that is a really powerful indicator now, as we're having this conversation, I'm already hearing people say to me, well, that's all really good. And obviously, you know, your story is amazing. But what about me? You know, I don't have the ability to, um, uh, you know, I, I'm busy caring for my kids and I'm the primary caregiver. I don't have the ability to go out and forge a career. Mm. I thought I remember when you told me about how your new business avenue took place. I remember you telling me about the lunch breaks, sitting in your car on your lunch yeah. breaks, researching. I remember you told me you spent evenings when Clem was asleep. Can you maybe share a bit more about that mm -hmm. and how it doesn't need to be a clear the decks, I'm now a, you know, full-time dedicated to this project. There's an opportunity here for us to to follow breadcrumbs, as you say. Totally. Yes, absolutely. And like I've, to be quite honest, like I've never had a plan, like ever, you know, mm. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I'm not someone that plan, even now at this level of business, I don't forecast a year ahead. I don't do any of that because uh, I'm also a, a manifesting generator in human design, and I know that you and I have spoken a lot about human design, but my whole strategy is to respond to things, you know? And so, um, you know, again, like I do the things that that work for me. So just because someone says, batch create your content or plan your years in advance, or, you know, I'm just like, does that feel good to me? Yep, cool, I'm going to do it. Or if it doesn't, I just don't, you know? So I've never really had a plan. Um and I've always just taken, especially in those early days when I was building up my business, plus parenting, plus working full time, like it, it kind of doesn't make any sense to plan, you know, a great deal in advance because you're literally just surviving. You're, you're like you are yeah. just getting over each day, you know. So you never know yeah. what daycare sickness will be playing yeah. out next week or exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what you're going to be juggling. Yeah, exactly. So I did do a lot of work in lunch breaks on the train. Uh, late at night. And I did things like, because I didn't have, you know, the cash flow to be investing a heap in my business. So I was doing things like, um, you know, connecting with local mums groups um, and getting to know some local mums. And then uh, what I would do is I would swap time. So like, for example, I had um, a friend of mine who, you know, became quite good friends with her that lived on our, on our, or not on our street, but around the corner. And so she would drop her son over for a few mm. hours once a week and then she would get uninterrupted time on her business because she had her own like PT business and and then I would do the same and I would drop Clementine on a different day for a few hours and I would get a few hours and and sometimes it was working on my business other times it was running errands or like back, you know cooking some you know meals up in advance like whatever I needed to do to support me the most I did yeah. you know so I just I was resourceful like I just looked at different ways that I could do things and 
you know, that didn't, that's not to say that there wasn't times when I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, this is, this is so hard. You know, it was really mm-hmm. hard. And there were days when I'm like, am I ever going to get anywhere? And, you know, are things ever going to change? And I absolutely had moments like that. But I just, you know, reminded myself that I can, you know, I can go back to doing whatever I was doing at any time, you know, and that I just need to just, you know, kind of get through this day and we'll reassess tomorrow. And that just became my thing. Get through this day, reassess tomorrow, get through this day, reassess tomorrow. And, and I just kept doing that and doing as much as I could. And eventually I started to create a little bit of cash flow. Then I outsourced a couple of things. I had a VA from pretty much day one in my, in my business really early on. I was like, I'm happy to invest in something like this. She was only doing sort of 10 hours a month, but that's 10 hours that I had in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up just, yeah, I worked for, I didn't leave my job, even though my business had totally replaced my income. I didn't leave for two years, you know, mm-hmm. because I was investing a lot in my business and I wanted to feel, you know, ready to do it. And I, and I wasn't, you know, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of marketing out there that says, you know, unless you're just, you know, like doing this all the time, you're not all in on your business. Unless yes. you lose your job, you're not all in. And that's just rubbish. It's total rubbish. I am the most all-in person I've ever met in my life. And I worked yeah. for two years and I had four times my income. And yeah. I still didn't leave, right? Because I was like, I will leave when I'm ready. I am mm-hmm. reinvesting money in my business. And so this is just like what I really want to share is that like you get to make your own rules. Like you didn't come on to – you're not living your life for anyone else. You know, you don't you don't have to put yourself into whatever box – you know, society tells you you should be in or a friend or a family member tells you that you should be in. You know, you can create your own box. You can create your own rules. And mm-hmm. and that's really hard to do. It's easy for me to say, I totally get that. But it's like, it's like riding a bike. The first couple of times that you set a firm boundary or you prioritize yourself over other people, it's going to feel a little bit shitty. And it's going to feel a little bit like, oh, this is edgy, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're going to doubt yourself and it's going to feel hard and then it will just feel easier and easier and easier. And Mm -hmm. that's what I worked on, you know, from from day one is like self-trust, you know, the first time that you trust yourself and you follow through on your word, things get a little bit easier. And then, you know, before long, you're following through on most things that you say you're going to do. But that doesn't mean that it's like that from day one. Yeah, creating those new patterns. It's your favorite Mm -hmm. game, isn't it? Break down the, the shoulds. Yes. things that you know you know been conditioned to think we should be doing and just writing yeah. your own story I am um, and I, I shared that oh, sorry, just on go. that should thing I read a um I read a book called rewire for wealth um uh-huh. it's a really great book Barbara someone is the author um but it's called rewire for wealth and one of the quotes in there is everything after the word should is a lie and it's interesting me ever since. Um, but it's a book on money and wealth, but she also talks about, you know, some of these things that come up and what we're told we shouldn't, shouldn't do. And the moment she said that, I was like, yes, preach. Louder. Ah, yes. Wow. Okay. I'm going to look into that and I'll link that in show notes too um, mm. for anyone listening on the go. I just wanted to say, and, and you've touched on this, this is something we worked a lot on together too. And I know you advocate for in that conversation, when I asked you to share in those early days when you were transitioning out of your law career and into your own um, entrepreneurial journey, I suppose. Um, I didn't want to sound like we were advocating for hustle mentality. I think mums have already got enough on their plate. Um, yes. You know, this is not about, even though that was that was your nature, you were happy to be doing that. It worked for you, right, to be working in lunch times on the train. What I asked you to share that purely to illustrate that when we are exploring passions, you know, tapping into parts of our identity that we want to nurture, it doesn't need to look perfect. 
that was the point I wanted, you know, and I think you you talk a lot about now in your business. I know you say you've told me you're working the least you've ever worked and yet you are the most successful um, by the metrics you measure it by um, that you've ever been. And so, yeah, I didn't want anyone to get us wrong in the sense that we were advocating for, you know, all that hustling, adding more to your to-do list, but just being mindful that it doesn't need to look like nine to five at a neat Pinterest perfect desk, you know, to follow passions. Absolutely. And I also think that, uh, you know, everything in life is seasonal, right? We have light and day, summer, winter, new moons, full moons, every, you know, uh, menstrual cycle, everything is cyclical and and business is the same. I have periods when I am I'm working more and I have periods when I'm not working as much. And so in that, at that stage, I was in a period where I was working, you know, and mm-hmm. pushing. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think that uh, I'm a huge advocate for you know, ease and flow. And I'm a, I'm a big advocate for like desire led and strengths led lives and businesses. So, you know, we, we use our uniqueness, you know, because that's what's most sustainable, right? Like if we're doing something that is a real match for how we are naturally, that's going to be easier to sustain mm-hmm. over time. Right. But I'm also a, a big advocate for taking action and for, you know, having these periods where we've just got to do the thing. And sometimes that feels hard. And sometimes that means we work more than we would like, but knowing that it is seasonal, you know, and Mm. it's not always, always like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here I go on a tangent, but I think it's relevant. I think um, something you teach on is working to our feminine rhythms Mm -hmm. too, because one of the things that we've been conditioned to do is to work in this 24 hour cycle, which is largely masculine. However, if we tap into, you know, those times of our life where we do have the energy, the drive, the motivation, you want to be getting up really early in the morning to bang out, you know, a couple of hours work or work on a creative project. If you're pursuing that part of your identity, there is nothing wrong with that. You know, there's also, I feel like sometimes a, um, a negativity attached to working really hard, but if that lights Mm -hmm. you up, so be it. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, Oh, so much we could talk about. Jazz, one thing I do want to get your thoughts on because it's a, it's a topic that's um, largely discussed and and it can be an emotional one. What are your thoughts on mum guilt? Yeah, I, um, I'm probably going to have a different opinion, I would say to probably most people you've asked about this, but I personally don't really experience it that much. And Good. sometimes I <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> sometimes I feel, uh, sometimes I find that challenging to say out loud because there this is the sh- the shadow side to that is well you should feel mum guilt because mm. that's 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 life that's what happens you know mm. um, but for me while yeah there's absolutely times when you know I Clementine will say but you're not allowed to have your phone if you're on the couch and she'll say things to me and I'm like oh. Does she think I always have my phone on my couch? You know, like, of course, of course that happens. But I I also just, you know, I really think that one of the most valuable lessons that we can teach our children is what it looks like to live a life that is desire-led and fulfilled. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm going to have those times when I'm, I'm I'm working at the kitchen table, but I'm also working at home. I'm not in an office, you know, how great for her that I get to be home all the time. But also mm-hmm. that's not, you know, if I'm, if I'm teaching her, like this is probably a little bit, well, not necessarily controversial, but my personal opinion on, on some of this as well is that um, we, we live our lives for our kids. Yes. You know, like we want to give them the best life possible, but also you're on the earth for you. 
right? And so if 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 we are not prioritizing ourselves and and we don't feel good, what use are we to anyone else? Mm. You know? And so you know, I think that sometimes we can't help, you know, that mum guilt and it's just something that we just manage on that day. And there's days when I feel, you know, there's days when I'm bawling my eyes out and there's things that happen, but also, you know, I really do feel like we are, we need to be committed to ourselves before we're committed to other people, right? It's like the saying around um, when you get in an airplane and they tell you, you've got to put your mask on first and you then you put someone else's mask on, right? It's like, I really believe that me living a life on purpose and me pursuing my dreams and my desires is the best lesson that I could possibly ever give her. And yeah. so I really see that as being attached to, you know, for, for the most part, you know, mum guilt that comes up is around, you know, I'm working too much or, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not providing for them the way that I would like to. But if you kind of reframe that for a moment and provide for yourself and, and prioritize you, they're going to see that. And they're going to do that in their own lives. And at the end of the day, like that's what we want for them, right? Like we want them to live a life that feels really good and we want them to live a life that they're happy with and they they feel fulfilled, you know, and, and they feel enriched. Um, yeah. I talk a lot about the difference between success and then enriched success, you know, and and this is part of that for me, you know, like I could be successful, but in, enriched success to me is like when I feel enriched, you know, yeah. and, and, that, and I'm modeling that to her. So, yeah, prob- probably different to what some people have, potentially share with you as part of this question. But for me, it's not something that I, I, I've done quite a bit of flexing that muscle around just not entertaining that, um, that much in my, in my life and in my business. Yeah. I love that. And I love you for sharing all of that because you have, you know, lived it, worked through it and, and can share that perspective. And, um, you know, when you talk about what, what you want to model for her and the life that you want for her, surely part of that too is, her having a mother who's fulfilled and lit up and excited mm. and, you know, driven every day. So um, I, I really, really value that perspective. I, I wonder too, have you read um, Glennon Doyle's books, you know, like Untamed? Have you read that? Yes, I've read Untamed. There's this, oh, that magical passage in there, which I'm not even going to try and quote because I'll butcher it, but basically she talks about the, the martyrdom of motherhood and, mm. and what a burden to give our children. And I think there's there's an interesting interplay there with mum guilt too and just food for thought. Mm. So I'll link to that in the show notes so people can read that particular passage if you're interested too. Mm. Thanks, Jazz. Okay, so look, I think that um, pretty much answers a lot of the things I wanted to talk through with you today. Um, One of the questions I ask everyone, all guests who come on here, is about if you can share with us if there's been a book um, mm-hmm. that you've read that's changed you or changed your life in some yes, significant way. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm so excited about this question when you sent it through in the email. Unbound. Us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Unbound by Kashia Urbaniak. And it speaks to literally everything we've spoken about today. It speaks to the patriarchy. It speaks to martyrdom. It speaks to desire. One of my favorite quotes from uh, I've got two from this book is uh, um, the first one is in relation to uh, like self-celebration and she talks about extracting like self-celebrating is how we extract all the juice from our wins so that we can go out and win again mm-hmm. like is that all the most amazing thing you've ever heard? Well, like uh, that so deserves that, to be printed and put on the wall. That I one, know, like, right? <laughs> and, and she speaks a lot about desires and she speaks about the fact that desires are messages from us to us about what would make us feel most alive. And she talks about the fact that your desires, you can't change them, right? You can change, you can influence what you do with them, but they can't, you don't, you can't just decide, I don't want to desire that. 
if you desire that, you desire that. It's like, you know, being born with brown eyes, you know, like it's like it's just that that's that's what it is. You know, it's like it's there, it exists, and it is a message from you to you about what would make you feel most alive. And and I think she's just got such a fantastic perspective and, and her story is amazing. She was actually a um, um, she was a nun and a, a, a world-renowned dominatrix. I remember you talking about this on yes. Instagram. Yes. yes. Like, okay. So like just a phenomenal woman. She's got a great Instagram account as well with lots of little like videos and, you know, little riffs that she goes on as well. But Unbound, best book, most life-changing book. And as soon as my daughter like is kind of at the age where it's appropriate, it'll be the first book I give her. Incredible. Okay. I will be sure to link to that. And yes, now I'm all the pieces are falling to pace. I remember yes. you discussing. I recommend this it to everyone. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Needs to go into my cart. All right, Jazz. Thank you so much for your time, your thoughts, your yeah, generosity of sharing your own experiences. You're always such an, a beautiful open book. I love that about you. Um, for anyone that's really connected with our chat today, where can people find you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, come and uh, check me out on Instagram and connect with me there at Jazz Jervis. I am, yeah, kind of on Instagram fairly regularly. I love a good voice message. I love to chat. So come and let me know what's come up for you uh, as you know part of listening to this podcast and share your own experience or ask me any questions that have come through. I'm, yeah, as as Jack said, I'm, yeah, I'm really open. I'm an open book and I'm happy to chat to you. Um, or you can check out my website as well if you want to have a look at the work that I do, um, which is www.jazzjervis.com.au. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and my podcast. Can- all that oh, jazz Oh, yeah, of podcast. course. We didn't even yes. touch on that yet. Yes, yes. all that so, jazz uh, podcast. All right, wonderful. I'll link to that. And people can find the details of your offerings there in terms of the um, – the mentorship programs you offer and a whole range of wonderful, wonderful Absolutely. things. So Jazz OS, always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Thanks for joining me and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this content and are looking to dive deeper into the support that the Kind Parenting Company offers parents and caregivers, you will love the range of programs we have available. The range includes online programs for supporting baby and toddler sleep, most suitable for babies aged 0 to 24 months, and also Toddler Life, which is a guide for those raising children aged 2 to 4 years. Each program comes with access to video and audio files, as well as the opportunity to join the community forums. Podcast listeners receive 20% off all programs. Simply visit the Kind Parenting Company website and use the code KPCPODCAST20, that's KPCPODCAST20, at checkout. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.